better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Thursday episode of the show. Kyle, what's up, man? What's up, Joe? I am eagerly looking forward to today's conversation because there's a lot of fun names to have conversations about. We are talking about the edge defender group for the 2022 NFL draft. And uh, I got a bunch of guys that I like already and a bunch of other guys I haven't even watched yet. So I think that's (laughs) the most enticing part to me is knowing just how much potential there is for me personally on top of a bunch of names that I already like that I know for a fact that I like. Well, I think the right place to start the conversation is with Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge from Oregon. And man, yes. the the toolbox is loaded, right? Length, flexibility, burst, better run defender than I thought he was going to be watching him on tape. And all the tools are there for him to be a very, very, very dynamic pass rusher. And in some ways he is, but you just know he hasn't quite reached his potential in that regard. And in our scouting meeting, Jordan Reed, he, he, took, he took the talking point I wanted to deliver by mentioning Chase Young and bringing up Chase Young in the conversation in that the year before Chase Young's last season at Ohio State, when you watch that tape, all the tools were present, but the pass rush plan wasn't quite fully developed and fleshed out yet. And, you know, just kind of developing those ancillary moves, getting to counters, setting up the rush a little bit more effectively. And then I thought he put it all together his last year. And I think Thibodeau is primed to do the exact same thing. So I've seen enough to believe that this is a high first round pick type talent, but I also want to see him take that jump this year, which I mean, obviously the tools are all present for him to do that. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that he's a lock to be a top three pick. He's got all the high level tools that you could possibly want. But as you said, he needs to take that next step with, uh, proficiency in his pass rush. I also am interested to see where he plays with size this year. He is a leaner build at the position. He's listed on the Oregon depth chart uh, at 250 pounds. So he's not a small player. He's extremely long at 6'5", 250. He's not small, but you look at his frame, and that was the big observation that I had that I asked the group. I was like, where can everybody see him settling into his body when it's all said and done and you know is he a guy who's three four rush linebacker is he a guy who's going to play with his hand in the dirt is he a guy that oh you could play him in a four eye situation right now that they played him last year everywhere from defensive end to nose tackle on passing downs to stack linebacker (laughs) behind i mean they did like some some three-man front and stacked him behind a down lineman and he looked good doing it which is wild and crazy to think about but uh, it, it's a testament more to his athleticism than what will actually translate to the next level. So I want to see what he plays at this year. I want to see what he shows up to the combine. I, I just kind of want to know, like, where is your body going to settle? Because I think you look at him and you could see with how lean he is through the trunk and the lower half that, like, there's weight to be added here, which can really help improve the power components of his game, which is something that Chase Young comfortably had. Oh yeah, that I yeah. that I don't know that Kayvon Thibodeau has right now. Yeah, please let me 
make sure I clear this up. I didn't mean Chase Young and Kayvon Thibodeau were clones of one another. I, I, I And I know Kyle knows this and, and Chris does as well, but what I meant there is that taking that step in terms of pass rush repertoire and, and, and your, your plan and fleshing out your moves like Young did, that's what I need to see from Thibodeau. So Thibodeau is listed on Draft Scout as having weighed in at uh, the spring events this year at 6.045, so six feet, four and five-eighths of an inch and 250 pounds. Man, what's so interesting when we talk about defensive end weight is I'm currently watching the Bills get A.J. Epinesa from 280 down to the 255 range. That's where they want him, and they want Rousseau in the mid-260s. And it's like, okay, you know, so... I and that's a they want compression style ends. You know, it's it's kind of weird to me. So um I I feel like I feel like it's it's a matter of Thibodeau. It's like measuring where he's at this year and seeing how effective that was. Right. Right. And based on the roles they ask him to fill. Right. Do you have a comp you like? No. I think though I think the explosiveness, the length. And kind of the rawness as a pass rusher, I get I get some Jadavion Clowney vibes. Now, he's not as big. Clowney was 266 coming through the combine. And he's weighed more than that ever since he got in the NFL. But I don't look at Thibodeau's frame and say, eh, I don't think he can get to 270. Oh, gosh, I think he can, can comfortably yeah. get to 270. Yeah. Right. So just just kind of how he wins, where he wins, his athletic profile, his length. Those things combined for me, the fact that you can, Oregon has played him in reduced roles on the interior from time to time, and he wins against the run with quickness. I got some clowny vibes. So I'm interested to see if I still feel that way after the 2021 season, but as things currently stand, I see that kind of package with him as a player. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So, Kyle, we started with the, I guess the feels like the consensus number one edge. Yes, but there's a lot more players that I know you want to get to. So, your pick of the litter. If I had to pick one player that I think could feasibly chase down Kayvon Thibodeau for edge one. It's Drake Jackson out of USC. Ooh, Pac-12, baby. Yes. He is a delight to watch as a player. Now, he's another bendy, long, physical, uh, high-motor type of player. Uh, He's not necessarily a finished product as a pass rusher just yet. But I watched him earlier this week, and I was really, really pleased by what I saw from him as far as 
his build, his first step explosiveness. Uh, he's listed at 6'4", 255. Uh, he's dr- listed on Draft Scout as 6'3 and a half, 255. So he's a little shorter, a little denser than Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, he's he's played in as many alignments, just based on the four games that I studied, as what Kayvon Thibodeau did at Oregon, as far mm-hmm. as being a stand-up rush linebacker, uh, a guy who played. They did three down and literally put him stacked at the mic and let him blitz interior gaps and just kind of find the open gap as a designed pass rusher. They put him out in the slot. There were a couple of times they had him playing press corner against perimeter wide receivers at 255 pounds, and he's pushing wide receivers over and knocking them on their ass. And then just doing a flat zone drop is like a cloud corner. So that's there, there's your DK Metcalf neutralizer, right? Just put correct. Over yeah, just put Drake Jackson out there. And what? His, what in the world? He hit the the Arizona State right tackle with a ghost move on the last play of the game and exploded so hard through that. And I only think he got like four or five yards of depth. It's not like it was like a five step drop with no hitch and his landmark was at eight yards. It was a shallow drop. And he, blink and you miss him, complete whiff by the right tackle. He flattens with an insane amount of speed, and he runs through JT Daniel, not JT Daniels, uh, Jaden Daniels, excuse me, uh, as though he wasn't even there. And he knocked him in the next week. And it was like the speed, the first step. I watched the Arizona State game, and I'm sitting here, I'm like, Okay, that's a nice rep against the run. Okay, they didn't block him off the backside. That's great motor to chase it down. Wow, this guy can really move. Okay, he's a pretty good athlete. He can can play press out there in the slot. Where's the pass rush stuff? Where's the pass rush stuff? Where's the pass rush stuff? Last play of the game, it was everything I needed to see in one rep. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'm all the way in. <laughs> it just He gave you everything. UCLA was a great showcase because they ran a ton of pullers at him. They tried to do a lot of power-type concepts. And... uh it showed his ability to kind of play out in space and almost be willing to get upfield if the QB keeps the ball, but also squeeze and condense if they give the ball uh, his quickness to to step upfield and get behind those pullers and attack the mesh point was really, really good. Uh, he can do a lot. He, he, he can do a lot. You mentioned UCLA, and, and I want to ask you a question here because I haven't seen Drake Jackson yet. He's on my list to do very soon. But we both watched Kayvon Thibodeau against UCLA. We came mm-hmm. away pretty impressed with that right tackle, Sean Ryan, who I, I would label him as unbothered by Kayvon Thibodeau. How did he fare in reps against Drake Jackson? Drax, Drake was – his reps came from more wide alignments. Uh, so he had more space to work with. And uh, they frequently tried to – either zone read or power read off of him. So there, he spent more reps than Thibodeau, I thought, unblocked. Now, okay. I'll say this. They, they hit UCLA with the same four-man pressure that involved a dropper off the opposite side, but they overloaded that side, so they prompted slide protection from UCLA. And they brought an inside linebacker and attacked him to the B gap and the tackle stepped down the squeeze and take the linebacker. They brought four and Jackson was unblocked the first four times they ran the same exact blitz concept. I'm like, 
you guys gonna adjust maybe go yeah. some some gap or man instead of just full slide to the overload and let them drop and bring a linebacker and now you've manufactured a free runner off the edge but it was the closing burst that he had in those instances that was like wow like he's yeah. he's got some good juice so i would say he's probably a four fives guy high four fives guy Whoa. in the 40 yard dash he's he's got some really good explosives i'm excited to watch him man yes i hope you are I I did not know what to expect coming in because Dre Harris did him and, and talked about his tools and he said he's super high ceiling. Uh, but I, I don't know if we watched different games, but I came away much more comfortable with where he's at right now and not just projecting him as somebody who needs to have all this development. Now, I do think unless he's going to go to a wide nine type team, he does need to add a little bit more power into his game. I got some Robert Quinn vibes. Um, mm -hmm. And I know Robert Quinn hasn't been the version of himself that was in St. Louis with the Rams when they were in St. Louis. Uh, before he got hurt, he hurt his back, and that really cost him a lot of his his bend there for a while. But Robert Quinn has 82 and a half career sacks. So he had 40 in three seasons. His second, third, and fourth year in the NFL, he had 40 sacks over those three years before he hurt his back. So... Uh, I, that's the kind of player that I think you're talking about here. Uh, he doesn't convert speed to power great. He doesn't anchor great at the line of scrimmage. Right now, I think he's either a wide nine defensive end or three, four rush linebacker uh, where he's going to be given that natural leverage to play outside in. Um, but if he's, he's a guy who could show a little bit more oomph, a little bit more power conversion as a rusher to really put tackles back on their heels, he could challenge Thibodeau. I'm not guaranteeing he passes him, and if Thibodeau, do, Thibodeau does what he needs to do this season, he'll be edge one. But if Thibodeau comes in and he's the same player he was last year and Drake Jackson takes a step forward, he can challenge him for edge one. Well, I think that may be something that surprises a lot of people because Thibodeau at this point is lauded as that next guy like a Garrett or a Bosa or uh, – yeah, and Chase he's got Young. all the tools to be. Yeah. He's got all the tools to be, but now you got to put it all together. And there's nothing that's going to be worse for your resume than if you come in and you're the same exact player and somebody else has ascended beyond you. Like, think, think back to 2019, and I'm just using the low hanging fruit of doing quarterback conversation. At this point last year, or at this point two, two summers ago, if we said anybody other than Tua Tungavaloa is going to be QB1 in the NFL <laughs> draft with the tank yeah. for Tua campaign, would yeah. you have believed it? No, no, he, he was the guy, right? They were yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. So, and, and Cincinnati ended up picking a quarterback, and it wasn't Tua. So, this process is wild, and these things can happen. Folks, we've been telling you about Built Bar, but do you know how many delicious flavors they have? Check out this list of amazing <laughs> flavors. Coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream. My favorite is cookies and cream, but I can always go for an orange or a strawberry, cherry, raspberry. The fruit flavors are low-key, really, really, really good. So maybe you don't know where to start and you want to try the Built Bars for the first time. Check out a mixed box where you can get two of each of the nine flavors and sample them all. Not only are these things the best-tasting protein bars on the planet, but they're healthy too. Check out these macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. So what are you waiting for? Check these things out. Go to BuiltBar.com. We've got a deal for you. Use our promo code LOCKED15, and it'll get you 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
So, Kyle, let's finish out with a couple of guys that we've we oh time, time out. out time out. Hi, Chris. Hello, gentlemen. How are we doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm gonna ask Joe to be the judge on whose hashtag is better. Okay. That okay. that Chris in the the built read just dropped a a like a tank for Tua or a suck for luck yeah. type hashtag, and I responded with one in kind. So, Joe, which one of these two do you like better? I think it's pretty clearly O for Thibodeau. Let's go. Oh, no, that's a massive win for Team Schubert this week. <laughs> I know Kyle probably feels some type of way because it feels like anytime. Like, no, that's Chris okay. I, that's okay. It was just it was just impromptu, right. off the cuff. But right, right. Right. I, I didn't look that up. We Kyle and I were having a back and forth. I, in fact, was trying to come up with another one as we were going here to try to put another one in there. But uh, I'll take my victory and go home. Do we want to share what Kyle's was? Yeah, or? he did hashtag. Oh, like the number zero for Thibodeau, and I did hashtag Flake for Drake. Which it's not bad. It's not good. Bad. It's it, it it's good. It it'll if 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 he becomes the guy, we, we can get that move. We can get print that the shirts. Move. Print the shirts. Kyle, I'd like to touch on Nick Bonito from Oklahoma. Yeah, let's do that. You want to close with him? I want to talk about Karloff this too. Can we get we can fit two in right? We can do it right. We can. Uh, we can. My confidence is not high, but let's well, go for it. So Bonito, like he's he's easy to like when you watch him play at Oklahoma and, and you see the quickness and you see how loose he is once he turns corners and pretty slippery when he gets to the edges of blocks and he's had a lot of production and he plays really, really hard. I'm concerned about him a little bit because he's lean, man. Like he's 230-something pounds. And I feel like we've seen this type of player coming out of Oklahoma whether that's Agbanya Okoronkwu or Eric Stryker, where they find ways to get a lot of production off of relentless-type edge players that get after people that have good athleticism. But I'm not sure there's a lot that translates. And so I worry that he's a bit of a DPR, designated pass rush specialist, a gap shooter-type player, and he's not necessarily a guy that is going to be the type of lead pass rusher that the NFL typically gravitates towards. Good player. I just worry about his projection. Yeah. So, I mean, let's be completely honest. You're playing in a wide open big 12 conference, right? Where mm -hmm. there's tons of opportunities for you against empty and shotgun to just, okay, I'm going to tee off. I'm going to get after it. I'm going to explode out of my stance, get up the field real quick, win with speed. Uh, and that's how Nick Benito wins a lot of the time. Uh, my concerns are, not necessarily coming out of that Oklahoma defense, because I do think Benito is a better functional athlete than Okoronkwu and Stryker. I don't know if you agree with that or not. And well, I, don't I would, speak for sure. For you. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's the functional strength and the size. You know, Draft Scout has him measured from this spring at 6021, 231 pounds. So I know that there's a lot of romanticization out there that's out there for uh, speedy, bendy pass rushers off the edge, right? There's no quicker way to the heart of a draft Nick and draft Twitter than a guy who's going to bend like he's running under a table yeah. and can explode out of his stance because it looks amazing. But when you're doing it at 230 pounds and you're doing it in the Big 12, there's a translatability, there's a compatibility issue there 
with are you going to be able to translate that to an NFL field? Never mind the fact that when you are faced with lateral pressure, when you're trying to turn the corner and get to the apex of the pocket, you don't show a lot of functional strength through your core and lower half to reduce that angle or at least to stay on the track that you're on and not get flattened and run up the field. So for Bonito, it's like, I mean, that that was the book on Vic Beasley, right? And I feel mm-hmm. like you've seen the league kind of hold their hands up and take three steps back and say, mm, I don't, I don't want to be the next team that makes that mistake sure. again, right? Because sure. Beasley played probably in the high 220s at Clemson. Maybe he was in the low 230s. But he shows up bulked up at the combine, and I think 244 was the weight that he came in at the combine. And everybody was beside themselves. They said, oh, he tested amazing, and he did it at 244. Well, 244 is still not big for the position. And Vic obviously had the one tremendous season where that speed really translated, but he's not been able to maintain and sustain that. So you see the league consistently, and we've talked about this on the show before, the difference between winning with speed and winning with angles versus winning with power and reducing those angles by moving tackles against their will and displacing them to to prevent you from having to play at such steep angles. Because in the NFL, unless you've got a quarterback that the timing is not good, the ball's going to be out by the time you run yep. around that tackle, protecting that valuable real estate, and loop back down into the pocket. The ball's going to be out of his hands. So mm-hmm. that, for me, is the big hurdle that Benito needs to clear to feel good about his translation. Can we do it, Kyle? Can we touch on Purdue's yes. George Karloftis? I know he's a player you scouted, and I recently took a look at him. And just a quick contrast here. No real concerns about him reducing rush angles. I think he's a bear as a pass rusher, man. Like, uh, he's not, I don't know that he's like the most dynamic, twitchy type guy, but I think he's smooth enough. And I really like his power. I really like his hands. And 2019 was a really, really good season. Uh, maybe there's something about 2020 that I'm unaware of. I know the Big Ten season was weird, but didn't seem to have the quite level, quite the level of production. And, you know, I didn't think his tape was nearly as good, but if he can build off 2019, I think this is definitely a top 50 type prospect. Yeah, I think top 50 is the right valuation. The hard part is you are effectively evaluating him against his true freshman tape versus looking at what he's been able to put together uh, in a more limited sample size back in 2020. And some of those issues stemmed from, as you mentioned, the reduced uh, season on account of uh, the Big Ten playing less because of the COVID-19 pandemic, but also uh, he missed half of the abbreviated season due to injuries in COVID-19. Okay. So I figured they played something going on. They, they played a condensed schedule, and then he only played half of that. So yeah. uh, very, very, very small sample size. You're effectively projecting him off of 2019 tape exclusively if you want to feel really good about what he can do. Uh, really good motor. His hands are powerful. Uh, he's listed at 604 too, so six feet, uh, four inches, uh, four and a quarter inches, I should say, four eighths or two eighths of an inch, and 270 pounds. So this is NFL pro-ready, hand-in-the-dirt type player. And I think he's a smooth enough athlete, like you said, that if you wanted to release him from a two-point stance, you can, and you'll feel 
pretty good about his ability to, to get up the field. Uh, he's not going to overwhelm or dominate you in that area. Uh, but some of the things that I wrote about him as a pass rusher, Carl Aftis, uh, who logged seven and a half sacks and 17 tackles for loss in his first 12 games as a Boilermaker, offers a strong sense of navigating the point of attack and finding advantageous angles as a rusher, showcases effective power through his hands to snatch long arm or bull opposing tackles and reduce angles off the edge, which we just got done talking about how that's a more translatable trait. And he showcases a lethal inside swim coming out of his initial power rush that helped him finish a number of splash plays while pressing the pocket in 2019. He had success in 2019 teeing off in obvious passing situations to aggressively charge the pocket uh, and then uh, flash quite brightly uh, against Iowa in one of the games from 2020 that they played. So uh, there's a lot to like. It's a small sample size, which is troublesome and leaves a lot of room for variability as far as where he goes from here. But if he comes back and runs it back with his 2019 uh, form, then, yeah, you're, you're, you are talking about a top 50 player. And depending on if a team wants to hit a double instead of swinging for a home run, mm-hmm. you might see him sneak into the back end of the first round. That's summer scouting for you, though, right? Like, right. So a lot of it's projection base where you have to kind of make some assumptions about players, but obviously the the stage is set. The, the year is going to happen. They're, the resume and the film will speak for itself. And so uh, I'm, I feel good about the foundation that we have going into the year so far, and it's Listen, been nice expanding our, our views outside of our own regions. There is nothing worse than taking a middle-of-the-road and riding-the-fence approach. For every single player, right? It's boring. Yeah. Right. It's, oh, you know, he could. I would rather be wrong and stick with my gut and conviction early on, understanding that the process is fluid and it is going to change, than look back and say, wow, I was higher on this guy, but I didn't have the balls to say it out loud. And now he's everybody's favorite prospect. Right. Touche. I would, I would hate that. So I'm going to, tell you what my eyes see and our entire staff is like this they're not afraid to go against consensus even amongst our own group which is where some of the most fun conversations happen we talk about guys like matt corral we talk about guys like drake jackson like those are fun conversations to have to get into okay what what did you see that made you come away with this end result or end projection for him because i saw a lot of the same things that you had written down yeah but I'm valuing him differently. And that gets into some really good ideological conversations about evaluating the draft, which is a ton of fun with our group and uh, TDM premium members, by the way, going to have an opportunity to uh, see some of that for yourself this coming season, which we're excited to uh, bring to the table here in the next couple of weeks as we get closer and closer to the start of the season. So stay tuned as, uh, as they say in show business, stay tuned. Uh, was that in anybody you guys watch Joe pretend you're not here for this. Chris, you watch okay. Loki. Uh, I am on episode five of six. I know okay. the sixth episode dropped as we're recording this. I have not finished it. So please no spoilers. No, no spoilers, but stay tuned is involved in episode six in some manner in which you, when you okay. see it, you'll understand what I'm referring Got to. It. Got there it. Got it. You should stay tuned for the Friday free for all tomorrow. Nothing better than Friday free-for-all in which we bring anything and everything on our minds to the table. Shoot the breeze with the draft dudes on Friday. Hit subscribe. Come over. Check it out. We hope you join us. 
Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for listening to Draft Dudes Podcast. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Chat with you all again tomorrow.